0: Portions of this podcast may not be suitable for children. It's real-life stories and sometimes PG-13.
1: Mercy is not something that God has, but something that God is. A.W. Tozer.
2: You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Hear true life stories, portable insight, and engaging messages. On this show, we'll think twice about life faith, and just what could be possible when the two are combined. Broadcasting from the beautiful Great Lakes state of Pure Michigan, here's your host, Dan Henderson.
1: Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a really good show lined up, some good stories, and we're going to get right into those. But first, I wanted to mention something about Forgiveness. A local pastor friend of ours, Dave Williams, gave a sermon about forgiveness and there were four points that I got from that sermon. Number one, forgiveness is not a feeling. Number two, it's not something that has to be earned. Number three, it has to be wholehearted and complete. And Number four, the evidence that you know you've forgiven someone is you will stop bringing up the past and personal hurts from that person let's get into alan's story alan spent many years blaming others blaming his parents and taking it out on himself let's listen to alan's story the blame game
3: it was uh it was really rough growing up as a kid nothing was ever easy uh, especially being poor kids always made fun of me, made me have low self-esteem and depression. When uh, when you don't have much and you see everybody else that has things, you always felt like you're less than them. Um, It always hurt and it it felt like it was everybody else's fault because, you know, you couldn't control your situation, your environment. So I always wanted to pass the blame and I was always angry. I was always mad at my parents, always mad at the people in the community. I was always mad at those teachers that never stuck up for me and made it so all I cared, all all I did was ever just want to get into trouble, hang out with the bad kids, run my mouth, or my mouth almost to stick up for me as like my get back, defend myself. I was really bitter, had a lot of frustrations and it was a hard it was a hard time when I lost my best friend Brad when he got hit by a train on his four-wheeler, only when I was in seventh grade. I had no clue how to deal with it at the time. Um, all I know is he was like my big brother. He was that, that kid that stuck up for me when nobody else did. He gave me clothes and, and, and uh, shoes when I didn't really have any, when I had holes in my shoes. And uh, food, we always, to always get food from his house. It was always cool because you'd have those one friends that parents would say, Hey, no, uh, no uh, uh, letting all the kids eat all the food in the house. They didn't realize I had nothing at my house, nothing. We usually didn't even have electricity. And then there was no drywall even. There wasn't even drywall. So so you had to pin up sheets just so you could have privacy. And even then, you know, it was just, you didn't really feel like you had it. You had to turn on the water knobs and pliers. I had a really hard time when my mom left my dad in 10th grade. Um, I didn't understand love. And so when it came to that point in time when I had sex for the first time, I thought that uh, that's what love was because my mom and dad never really showed it. Um, the way it was supposed to be. So I I fell into this this horrible relationship just because I didn't know what love was. That led me to drinking in the morning to even myself out from the night before, and then again drinking in the evening to even myself out from the afternoon. There's things that are going on at the time that I didn't know how to deal with. I I made a lot of bad choices, a lot of heavy decisions that uh, didn't end up well. I needed to quit blaming stuff on everybody else. I needed to quit being so anger and bitter. I needed to quit just start, I needed to just start caring because at one point in time I cared about nothing. I just, there's, you know, there's nothing to even live for a few times until like God definitely intervened and he showed me that I needed to save me. He showed me that I needed Jesus to, to forgive me of my sins and to, to fix me, to fix everything that was broken. Um, and he intervened. He took away all my sin, and He's been walking with me ever since. He's been fixing my brokenness. Um, he continues to, to show me how to live life. He continues to show me that I'm not perfect and I'm still growing. And He also, uh, He's blessed me with a, a, a beautiful wife, and two phenomenal kids, both smart, energetic, full of life. He restored my parents' marriage after seven years. And our family, my family, I'm proud to say that Jesus is the center of our family, of our life, and uh, we love him, and we thank him every day for waking up. And uh, we cherish every, every single moment of life. My name is Aaron, and I am not just a face in the crowd.
1: There's another quote here that says, You will never forget what you're not willing to forgive. Jesus said, Unless you forgive others, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. If you want to know more about forgiveness or just how that could be possible, why don't you listen to episode one of the Think Twice TV podcast. We have Kevin Ramsby's story. He survived a vicious stabbing attack in his own home that nearly cost him his life, but then he chose to publicly forgive his attacker. Isaiah 7.10 says, If you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Our next story is from Caleb. Caleb was falling into that trap of not standing for his faith, and he surely did fall for everything. Let's listen to Caleb's story.
4: Growing up, I had a really good home life, above average. You know, uh, parents loved me. I was in church every weekend. Started playing music, different instruments, went to the drums, and I was really attracted to certain rock stars. I love being the class clown, the center of attention, showing people my skills on the drums. And it changed when people wanted me to do other things. I let my guard down and they'd be like, dude, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? And I figure I'd be able to make more people laugh if I did those things. I'd get more attention. They would think I was cooler. Maybe my band would get more recognition if I did these things. So I ended up drinking. The problem ended up getting worse. The following year, you know, I was living like a rock star, getting high every day, drinking on the weekends, hanging out with my band buddies, playing shows. As my band began to get more recognition, you know, the problem got deeper. I started to have demonic nightmares. Um, Was crying at parties, and I don't even remember, blacking out. The only stories I knew from my parties is what everybody would tell me the next day but everybody wanted me at the party because I was the crazy guy, the one who would do whatever they said. It was about being popular with everyone. Finally, it got worse, continued partying, and I ended up getting two MIPs. I was only 19 at the time, and I got a furnishing alcohol to a minor. Ended up getting court ordered to Alcoholics Anonymous at the age of 19. It was rather embarrassing and I just felt extremely broken. And This is where I finally decided to return to church, and that's when my youth pastor invited me to youth convention, where I got to hear Reggie Dabs give a sermon about his black box, and how everybody has a black box. And mine was filled, it was filled to the brim, and that night I let it go at the cross and release my identity as the popular guy, the funny guy. My identity was gonna be in Jesus. Caleb Hubbard and I'm not a face in the crowd
1: for Caleb he had a choice to make continue on the path that he was going or answer the call of God that was on his life we're all glad that Caleb answered that call because he's an amazing drummer. He's part of the Sounds Good ministry. And you can find out more about him and their ministry at soundsgoodrecords.com. Also go to FaceInTheCrowd.tv if you want to see the videos of these two guys' testimonies uh, and the others that we've had on episode 13 and 14. That's FaceInTheCrowd.tv.
0: You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Thinktwicetv.com. Clear thoughts produce clear results. Learn the basics of the faith. Download our free mini-book. It includes the ABCs with God, True and False with the Bible, and much more. To get the mini-book free, go to thinktwicetv.com and click on mini-book. Or contact us with your mailing address and we'll mail you a copy. Anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. It's time for The Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith from Seedbed.com. Answering those burning questions like, who is God? What is salvation? And many more. So, let's take a bite.
5: The Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith What is Salvation? So God's motivation is love, and his goal is to make us family again. But there's a problem. We haven't seen the way that God accomplishes this goal. Because of our disobedience, we're left with disrupted relationship and death. We can't have right relationship with God forever because of sin, since consequences are an obstacle. So how does God remove this boulder from the path back to him? We can think about it a little bit like this. God's motivation is love. God's goal is making us family again, and God's way of dealing with disrupted relationship and death is through Jesus' death and resurrection. There are two main ways of understanding what Jesus did to save us, reconciliation and rescue. Reconciliation means restoring relationship, rescue means saving us from danger, and Jesus did both. He reconciled us back to God, and he rescued us from evil and death. So how did he do that? Well, when there's a rift in a relationship, you often have to offer something to make peace. Maybe it's just an apology or maybe it's a note or a gift. Imagine you went to a friend's house for Thanksgiving dinner and all the food was laid out on the table, the turkey and the stuffing and the gravy and all the sides and the desserts. And you decide to try out for the first time a magic trick. You're gonna try and pull the tablecloth out from under all the food in one swoop. And everybody says, don't do it. But you do it anyway and, as you might expect, all the food tumbles down onto the floor. The turkey and the gravy and the mashed potatoes are all ruined. Now in this case, you really would have messed up. So you'd need to make it up to your friend that cooked the dinner. And the best way to do that would be for you to cook a Thanksgiving meal at your own house and invite everyone over. But what if you can't cook? And what if you don't have anything to offer to make it up to your friend? Well, that's a little bit like what our situation was with God. We had disobeyed God's law, but didn't have anything to offer God to make it up to him. So Jesus came and offered a sacrifice to God on our behalf. Jesus made it up to the Father by giving himself as a perfect offering. And this is what happens on the cross. Jesus sacrificed himself to pay, once and for all, the penalty for our disobedience. He took our place, took our punishment, and offered himself to the Father. And this took care of the disrupted relationship, but it didn't solve the punishment for sin, which was death. Jesus' resurrection is what solves this problem. Jesus was killed and then came back to life. as the first example of what will happen to us as well. Jesus shows us that death isn't the end of the story. God's goal was to have us part of his family, and that goal can't be defeated by death because we will be resurrected just like Jesus. Here's another example. Let's say that you and your family have been kidnapped by a mad scientist and kept in a secret fortress try everything you can to escape, but everything fails. The government has been trying to free you, but every attempt to attack the base is repelled by the mad scientist's powerful weapons. So you're stuck. But you hold out hope because you have a brother who's a top military agent. You know that if anybody can save you, he will. Then one day the guards throw open the prison doors and toss in your last hope, your brother, the secret agent. And he's so badly beaten it's barely recognizable. So you all begin to cry. Your last hope for rescue has been captured, but your brother lurches to his feet and smiles at you. With great pain, he begins to pull out of his own body tools for picking the locks of the cell. He gets to work, opens the cell doors, and leads the way to freedom. What seemed like the darkest moment was actually part of his rescue plan. Well, this is what Jesus did. In Matthew 6, 18, Jesus says that not even the gates of hell will stand against the church. And the way Jesus defeats the enemy of death Is in the most unexpected way of all. He defeats death by dying. Jesus descends to the realm of the dead and breaks free again, opening the way for us all. We might even say, with the nails of the cross, Jesus picks the locks at the gates of hell. So this is how Jesus solves our two big problems. He reconciles us back to God by being a perfect sacrifice for our sins, and he defeats the power of death in his resurrection.
0: The Absolute Basics of the Christian Faith, from Seedbed.com.
2: You're listening to the Think Twice TV podcast. Many of the stories you've heard today are available in video format at our website, www.thinktwicetv.com. Find original videos, true life stories, and content to help you grow your faith at thinktwicetv.com.
0: It's time for a bottle of Bill's Wisdom. A short single-serving message of wisdom from our friend, Pastor Bill Leach. You
6: know, businesses have become pretty creative in developing their signage. Here's some that I've found that I really like. This one in a podiatrist's office: Time Wounds All Heals. Or on a septic tank truck, yesterday's meals on wheels. At an optometrist's office, if you don't see what you're looking for, you've come to the right place. On a plumber's truck, we repair what your husband fixed. It's true for our family. At a tire shop in Milwaukee, invite us to your next blowout. On an electrician's truck, let us remove your shorts. In a non-smoking area, if we, see you, if we see smoke, we'll assume you're on fire and take appropriate action. I like this one, on a maternity room door. Push, push, push. At a car dealership, the best way to get back on your feet is a car payment. <laughs> Outside a muffler shop, no appointment necessary. We hear you coming. I like this one in a veterinarian's waiting room. Be back in five minutes. Sit. Stay. At the electric company. We would be delighted if you send in your payment. However, if you don't, you'll be delighted. In the front yard of a funeral home. Drive carefully. We'll wait. At a propane filling station. Thank heaven for little grills. Chicago radiator shop, best place in town to take a leak. And the best one for last, sign on the back of another septic tank truck, caution, this truck is full of political promises. (laughs) A merry heart does good like a medicine. So does singing. It does wonders for helping us to shake off our burdens. I love the story of the farmer's donkey who inadvertently fell into a dry well. The animal cried piteously for hours as the farmer tried to figure out what to do, how to get this animal out. Finally, he determined that the animal was old and the well needed to be covered up anyway. There was just no practical way of getting the animal out so they decided they decided they couldn't retrieve the donkey and so he invited all of his neighbors over to help him they all grabbed shovels and began to shovel dirt into the well, just cover the well up. At first, the donkey realized what was happening and cried horribly. Then to everyone's amazement, he quieted down. A few shovelfuls later, the farmer finally looked down the well and he was astonished at what he saw with each shovelful at of dirt that hit the donkey's back, the donkey did something amazing. He simply shook it off and took a step up. As the farmer's neighbors continued to shovel dirt on top of the animal, he would each time shake it off and step up, and soon, to the delight of everyone, the donkey stepped over the edge of the well and trotted happily off. Life is going to shovel dirt on us, all kinds of dirt, And the trick to getting out of our deep well is to shake it off and take a step up. David Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great theologian, commentator and pastor of the famous Westminster Chapel in London tells of a man who was on his way to the Thames River nearby to throw himself in and commit suicide. It was a Sunday night and the church windows were open. And he he heard this, glorious sound, this beautiful music and it, and it filled him with a sense of hope and he went into the church and he listened to the message and he was saved and, and, and David Lloyd-Jones says it's almost impossible to commit suicide listening to the hallelujah chorus. Great music makes you feel there is something right with the universe music is a witness to the reality that life is not random that this is not some accident that there's a god of love joy and peace behind everything including your life
1: in the next episode of the think twice tv podcast is entitled the wonderful cross we'll talk about the crossroad of jesus christ and how this universal symbol of the cross is representative of dying and new life Hey, thank you so much for taking some time and listening to our podcast. Go ahead and share this with someone just to encourage their faith and to do your part in sharing the gospel.
2: This venture is sponsored by Media Messengers Evangelistic Association, revealing the love and power of God through media, www.mediamessengers.org. If you like the show, follow us on social media, and please help us reach more people. All our social links are in the show notes.